This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 128 of Banging on the Drum. Please remember to like, subscribe, download, share our stuff, and we would greatly appreciate it. But as always, I'm your host, P-Dog, joined alongside my host, M-Dog. And M-Dog, how you feeling about the games this weekend? Uh, fairly shitty. To be honest, I mean, so like scores ended up being the same, but basically my feelings towards both games are complete opposites. So, yeah, I think I'm getting some like loser in me with my uh, Wisconsin sports teams. And honestly, like after watching both these games, and people listening to this might be like, oh, this guy's blind. But I left the weekend like very optimistic about what each of these teams can be and will be yeah. in the near future. So, which... I don't think a lot of people will feel that way about the Packers. Uh, I think if I think there's a fair share of people out there with how the Badgers played against Ohio State, we're kind of like shit. If Braylon Allen didn't go down, you know, we that might have been a dogfight at the end. But both of these right. games had little things in them that would have made the the game quite a bit closer. But let's start out. Let's get the the bullshit out of the way first. So our six pack and a pound challenge of the week. So if you're tuning in and you're new, we pick seven games every week. This is sponsored by Taco John's. Like Taco John's has actually talked to me and they were like, we're gonna give you free tacos at the end of the year for this. But anyways, we're picking seven games. We pound one. We do a double dot for one. But long story short, Mike went one five and one in his negative six hundred bing bongs on the week, uh, which puts him it's at a rough a week. <laughs> That's a bad week. That's almost tough oh, to do. Uh, wait, one five and one. I feel like because I lost my big boys, I should be way worse than that. Like way worse, like money wise. I suppose. Yeah. No. I I was doing the math real quick. You might be. So you are negative three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred. You won one, so that puts you back at five hundred, and then you, you pushed so nothing. And then you lost. So yeah, you're back at negative 600. So yeah, no, right, so, so negative 600, pretty shitty week on, by all accounts, if you're only picking uh, seven games. And so uh, <laughs> I'm just going to pay up right here, uh, right off the jump. We don't even need, you can go through how you did, but I'll pay up while you're going through that. Yeah. So Mike's cracking us, cracking a rat back. Uh, he's getting just really good at this. He's been getting his ass whipped all season. I don't know what our records are on the year. Oh, nice work, Mike. That was smooth. He looks good. He looks like he's been there before. Nope. Uh, I still just feeling Filling with joyful tears, so getting a nice little sun drop in. So, yeah, getting the sun drop in early, get the caffeine kick, get ready for the episode. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, just to toot my own horn on this one a little bit, even though I didn't even do that great. But I went four and three, hit my big games, ended up plus 300 on the week, and I'm plus 1200 on the year. So, you got some work Dang. to do, but I think I think we've had a worse deficit where you came back and got me. So, I, I think we've always year. adjusted late in the season, like where we're like, we made um concessions where I could put like more than 100 on a game or something like that. I don't think so though, dude. I think it just comes back. Okay. Like, I had one of those weeks where you slap. We used to do every single game, so that like made it a little bit more money on the line. And I did like that a lot more, to be honest. I don't like selecting the games. See, I do because there's games that I don't like to pick. And then this, I can cherry pick games I feel yeah. good about. Like, where is that? Like, there was games like where I'd be like, I want to touch them with Mike's dick. And yeah. I would have to pick them anyway. So, right. So this, yeah, yeah, this has been helping me out right. mm-hmm. with no clue. But let's get into that Packer game. How we like to do Packer game, just jog your memories. I actually took notes throughout the whole Packer game today. So we're going to see how this goes. We did not uh, rehearse this. So let's, let's do it. Let's get to it. So Packers versus Vikings, Pat's notes in his notes app on his phone. Uh, so first drive, Packers get the ball. Uh, we have an awful call on a third and one. Uh, they just blew it up. Like, I, I don't know oh, if someone yeah. missed a block or I hope someone missed a block. Like, I hope that wasn't the plan. <laughs> like, let's not block this guy. Uh, that, that we're running the play into. Yeah. We're running the play into that guy. Or or that's where the running back chose to take the ball anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so that was bad. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was three now. Yeah, it was three now because we didn't have a first down for like the whole first half it felt like i think you got that somewhere in your notes so right up until the last drive we did not get a first down oh yeah because we ended up replay three drives all around i mean so there's a bunch that were probably like five play drives because we had two penalties that fell inside there yeah the first yeah and then the vikings get the ball so the big one play on this one quay missed a pick that it looked like yep. could have turned the game pretty early uh vikings had like drive the ball down the field like fairly decently in that one i can't remember if there was probably a penalty in that one because it seemed like there was a penalty in every drive but ultimately end up missing a field goal uh right off the bat 
So we're still at uh, zero zero in this one. Uh, next drive for the Packers, another three and out, big one on this. Musgrave drops a like for sure first down catch. Sure, he like got tackled a little bit, but like it's a catch it is, oh yeah, especially when you're a tight end. Like that he was technically open. He was NFL open for sure, for sure. To, yep. to catch that ball. So he drops that another three and out. Uh, Viking second drive. Uh, Kirk drops that dime to Addison that ends up being a drop. Uh, once we review it, but then I can't remember who got the like roughing call. I don't. It's not roughing, but whatever. Had to. What, yeah, tar- yeah, basically targeting. Uh, oh no! So there was the it was Owens. It was a bullshit call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, Both. Like, uh, so they got 15 yards, but it was a drop. But they got a 15 yard penalty that that gave them the first down um, on a basically like a shoulder to shoulder, and then the helmets contacted. And I could, I feel like I could make an argue in that play that Addison's the one that engaged the head to head contact and not Owens, right? I think even when the refs look back at that one, it was just they were it, probably it, thinking it, how stupid they were to have called that after they had to look at it for the drop. Oh That'd yeah, 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 no, it, bang bang. But then whatever. Then we get a uh, roughing the passer. Which it was a rough in the passer, and it was just a dumb penalty. I can't remember exactly who it was on. Probably Gary. Uh, I think it was Anikbari on that one. Like okay, hit it pretty hard in the back, right? That's the one. Somebody hits him kind of in the front, and then yeah. the other guy hits him pretty significantly in the back. I think it was Anikbari. Yeah, dumb penalty there though. Uh, then just soft coverage off up. On out through that rest of the drive, and then that's where the Vikings get their first rushing touchdown of the year. Cam Akers uh, runs one in. So pretty pretty shitty drive by the Packers, but it, it was by the Packers defense. But if you take that 15 yard penalty out of there, clean up like the roughing the passer. And I know we, we're like, if shoulds, woulds, could like, and so, and to be fair, like you're going to get that, um, that pass penalty, the one that's on the rough or the unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever it is. I don't remember exactly how they call it. The one with Johnson Owens, like that play is going to happen pretty frequently in, in the NFL, right? Like, so that's a, yeah. one that you can't really clean up. Like, I don't think he did anything wrong. He just got a call that went against him, right? Where the roughing the passer, you can for sure clean up. That's something that you never have to really do. Yeah, yeah, but so at this point in the game, Packers are down seven nothing. Uh, we get the ball back. Vikings get a big sack, so Jordan Love was dropping back. Um, then, then right after that, we get a delay game, uh, and then it's third and twenty or something, and Love takes off the run and then slides like, like after he gains eight yards like, when he yeah. still when he still has twelve to go. But whatever, another punt there. Uh, Vikings third drive, another penalty on the Packers. Give up a we give up a third and ten, uh, but then we end up holding the Vikings to another field goal attempt, which they end up hitting. Uh, Vikings are up ten nothing. Packers fourth drive. We had a big holding call. Uh, then Love underthrows. I can't remember who, but a big underthrow in that one. And then uh, it just leads to another punt. I'm starting to realize my notes aren't that great because I can't even see this play in my head anymore. I do remember there was one where like he just didn't get it out to the outside uh, as well as he should have. But I don't even think it was like, oh, if he made that throw, like we were good to go on that drive. But pretty sure that's another three and out for us right there. Yep. Like I said, there was no. Yeah. In the first yeah. Half. yeah. It wasn't three and out until the last drive. Uh, Vikings fourth drive we're on right now. Finally, force a punt. Uh, gave up another third and long though. So give up. <clears throat> we were giving up third and long all game long. I don't have the stats up right now, but I want to say uh, in the team stats department that I'm going to try to pull up. Uh, Vikings had to be like there were only eight of eighteen, but man, in the first half they had to be like eight for nine in on third down attempts. I mean, it feels like it, right? And yeah, I them going for it on fourth downs. And I'm pretty sure there was, they brought up a graphic uh, somewhere in the first half, like where it was like Kirk Cousins is eight of nine on, on third downs right now, but uh, whatever, I ended up getting a punt. So this is the Packers fifth drive. We finally get a first down, uh, then dropped a first down, wait, then dropped a first down and got a holding call. Okay. So yeah, dropped another ball. Can't remember who dropped that one. Uh, anyways, we finished this one with a field goal and that was just, thank God that we got that offsides call because it almost came like the first half almost came to like a comical ending, like where uh, Carlson bangs one right off the upright and makes a oh, loud yeah. noise yep. and everything yep. and then thankfully someone on the vikings was offside so that that will do it for the half so we go into halftime at 10 to 3 uh 
Let's get into the Vikings' fifth drive, another third and long they get uh, for 30 yards. That was killing me at that point. Another third down conversion on that one. And then we ended up giving up a touchdown to Hawkinson. And you guessed it, that was on a third down as well. It was, yeah, up until this point, I don't think they missed. Uh, no, I guess we got them off the field one time with a punt. But anyways, that puts the Vikings up uh, 17-2-3. Packers six drive, third and long, pick to read. So this this one was like, could be kind of interesting to talk to. Because um, when I was watching it, we had a buddy that ran at the store in our in one of my group chats that I'm in. And he asked like how bad it was. And to me, it seemed like Reed should either broke it up or even caught the ball, but it seemed like it was underthrown. But so, I, so if you, I think he underthrows that ball because that's the opportunity for Reed to actually get that catch. Because if you overthrow that ball at all, there's a, there's somebody over the top as well. Like he yeah. might not have been right on Reed, but there was somebody over the top. And so if he overthrows it, it's a pick as well. Um, Reed gets both hands on the ball and the guy kind of like pops it out of there. So you just, you can't let that guy catch it if you're not going to catch it. Yeah. And that's exactly what one of my buddies said. He was like, if he threw the ball, like where it needed to be at the very best, Reed was getting lit up by safety. And then, it, like you said, if not, it might've been picked off by that same safety. Um, but yeah, then that happens. Uh, then right off the bat, this is when the Vikings start putting the screws to us. Uh, one play touchdown drive to Addison Vikings are up 24 to three at this point. Then the Packers finally put a nice drive together. Uh, we stalled out. Uh, this is, we get to the one yard line and then we hand it to Dylan. Out of the shot, we get a we get a um, pass interference call to get to the one yard line too. Yep, yep. So first in whatever goal from the one yard line, run. I think we ran it twice out of the shotgun. Anyways, we end up having to go for it on fourth down, and pretty nice play design to uh, Romeo Dobbs for the touchdown. I mean, he was wide open. The the dude on the Vikings was playing uh, Joe Barry like defense, giving him five five yards in the end zone yep. to be like wide so, open. Like, I guess I don't understand why you don't like. That's not your go to play. I think we've hit that play three or four times this season for touchdowns. I don't yeah, understand why that's like not like your go-to on the, on the goal line, like right off the jump. Um, and then the other thing I was confused about, we're on the one yard line and like, we're not even trying these QB sneaks that are, that are like working for guys like um, the Eagles, right? And I get that it doesn't work for every team, but we have a, like a, like a big, strong athletic quarterback, right? That some teams don't like Minnesota. I wouldn't say you have that, right? You, you don't have the same type of dude. Not that Kirk is bad, but like, I just don't think it's the same as Jordan Love. Like it's a different. And they game. did it with Kirk Cousins. They did the, they, they the did. exact play. Right. And so like, even if you, run it and miss it you're still second down at one in one from the one and then you run it and miss it again like you like the opportunity for them to stop that four plays in a row i think it's like like almost zero yeah you know what i mean and i think it's just tipped too far into the scales like where like, it used to be like if you were first and goal within the five yard line there's no chance you're running shotgun and now it's turned into right. like teams are just afraid to use an eye formation afraid to use a fullback and i get it every team doesn't carry a fullback but i mean you got a guy out there that you should have trained for that play whether you put a guard right. in or a tight end in uh, to just clean it up. Yeah, I like yeah. I like the idea of putting a guard back there. Uh, yeah. Just to just to be like, hey, we got AJ Dillon, big strong dude. We we give him shit on the shelf, so I'm not going to say uh, we're we're free from the the AJ I, Dillon shit. No, but, I actually think the AJ Dillon being like your power back is actually part of the issue for us at the goal line. Um, yeah, that so could be AJ AJ Dillon at the goal line doesn't find a hole. Right, he runs into his people he, where he's supposed to run. That's where he runs. And so if the hole isn't created there, he never makes it through. But if the hole is created where it's supposed to be, then he makes it through. Yeah. And so, and, I mean, that's deeper analysis than, than I do, but yeah, it does the, seem like something's wrong there. The other thing I thought was really fucked up is that we didn't go to a big set until we went to the half yard line. So they got a from off sides. Yeah. yeah. And so like, we were like in like three wide receiver, one shotgun, and then we get a half yard penalty right from the offsides or whatever. And then we go into a big set. So you're at that, like, I don't understand how that actually makes a difference in somebody's play calling brain right in the formation. Yeah. Like, you should be in the big set from the one, at least one of the first two plays. And they didn't do it until they got that offsides and they were at the half yard line. And they still ran out of the shotgun. They were in a big set, but they still ran it out of the shotgun. Yeah, it, it just blows my mind a little bit. Yep. Um, Same here. Like, I just don't understand the play calling down there. If you if you have that play that you're going to dial up on fourth and one, 
That should be one of your first couple plays. Like if you have a desperation play, like this is what we're going to do to get into the end zone. You should be down that up on first down. Yeah. And another thing that seemed to like bug me and it seems to be like a, uh, a trend that we do is so Packers go down and get a touchdown and then the Vikings just come out and just put a drive together on this one. Uh, this, this was the drive that, uh, Kirk Cousins ends up going down. Uh, I think it was on third down. So it wasn't like, oh shit, like Kirk Cousins went down and then yeah, Cousins gets sacked on third down and then we block a field goal. Um, do you remember who came, I, Owens came up with the fumble, uh, but yeah, off the, um, Brooks, a, Brooks yeah, I was gonna say it was his, one of the rookies. Carl Brooks. Is that his second one of the year? I don't think so. I think the first one was the ta- uh, the tackle was Neiman or Walker. Oh yeah, it was Neiman for sure. Okay, good call, Mike. Uh, but yeah, then we block the field goal, and then Kirk Cousins is down. Another way too optimi- optimistic Patrick moment where I was like, man, we might fuck around and win this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I was wait like I was drinking the or shooting up the hopium. It was like I was in it. I was I was thinking we were going to like turn this shit around. In. Yeah, and then this drive we came out. Love was slinging the ball around, looking real good, and then Dontavian Wicks drops just uh, something at the like what the four. He drops it. Like it was maybe like a touchdown even. So maybe. I don't think it was, like it I don't think be close. It was quite that. But yeah, but it was it was definitely a first down yeah. and it just threw the whole rhythm off. Yep. Because they were just ticking. And, and to be honest, drops through the whole rhythm off all day. Yeah, that, that is true. But yeah, that ends up screwing us there. Uh I want to say, let me see what I got in the notes here. Uh, but then two dumb fucking plays, turnover on downs. So I can't remember exactly what the, the two dumb yeah. plays were, but I think it was like a, a shotgun run to Dylan. And then I mean, I can pull it up. I can pull up the actual plays, but it, yeah, it was an incomplete pass to Watson. So yeah, it was like a try for a fade, um, which just seemed like a bad time to do that, like on third down. Uh, and then, yeah, so yeah, Watson on the fade, and then uh, Love had ended up scrambling. Up. It was uh, fourth and sixteen, and then Love ended up scrambling to get down there. No, it was it was fourth and five. Maybe I'm on the wrong drive, but I, this is the no, drive. No, you're talking. right. You're right. Yeah, I'm it was fourth and five, and then he tried to force it into Dobbs over the middle, like which it looked like guys were draped all over him. There's like two guys on him, uh, trying to jam it into him. Um, but yeah, then sure as shit, they come out. Uh, Hall, BYU, former BYU quarterback. I I remember the running back Hall for BYU. I think I used them in like an NCAA season. I did not realize that all those guys were related. But anyways, whatever. He comes in the game, just gets piss pounded. Uh, who got him? Like was it Preston Smith or did yeah Smith got him? And then Wyatt came up with a fumble or a hall sack by Preston Smith fumbles, Preston Smith, Preston Smith recovered by green by Bay. Wyatt. Wyatt. Okay. Yep. And, and then we're right down there ready to score again. And then we go AJ Dillon run. The crowd starts booing, um, which I know uh, Vilma said he didn't understand why, but I could completely understand. Well, I was like, why are we run a clock right now? Like, I mean, there was still yep. plenty of time left in the game, but it was like, yeah, come on guys, let's try to throw some. And then incomplete pass to Watson. Jordan Love scrambles up the middle for, Oh yeah. That was the one where, yeah. Uh, Harrison Smith, man, plugged him like right, right at the marker. Dude, that guy's so good. Uh, yep. That was such like a good instinct play by him. And then just and, and like such honestly, a perfect tackle. Like, so I can see why people would like get upset that Love like runs it there. But I think if he goes like towards the edge, he, he might get even a little bit closer. Right. So I get that Harrison Smith's coming down. And there was another guy that coming down on him too. But like Smith yep. made like a perfect tackle one yard short of the first down. Yeah. I don't disagree with that run at all. Like, I, I think if, you're, if your guys are covered up, like, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. And, you, and you're going to get that close. Right, so you got to think that you're going to make it if you're going to get 15 out of 16 yards. Like, yeah. I want the guy that has the confidence that says, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes I leave that wide open. I mean, it was like wide open for him to do it. He just had to make like one play. But I mean, yeah. one play against one of the best safeties in the game. So, yeah. And a veteran like savvy dude, too. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, then we force the Vikings to a punt. Another drive comes to turnovers on downs. Uh, I'm not going to beat a dead horse too much more. And then Vikings kneel it out. That's the end of the game. So what are your thoughts on this game, Mike? Do you want to roll right into the SWAT or give, give some? Uh, overall, my thoughts were that like I was pretty happy with the way Jordan Love played the game football. I think the play calling was better, not great today, right? So I don't think it was like significantly better, but I do think it was better than what we've seen in the past that we did adjust a little bit. Um, I would like to see Green Bay get like more up for games that are in the division, right? So if we can, even if we're kind of shitty, like these are the games I want to be one score games. 
Yeah, for sure. And this one should have turned into a one score game at some point. So yeah, finishing off drives was was definitely not our strength in this one. Um, but yeah, this was one of those games. So Jones only had seven carries. Dylan only had six carries, but it didn't feel like one of those games where it was like, hey, we need to run the ball more. It seemed like we were ticking a little bit more in the short passing game, yeah. uh, w- which was nice to see. But yeah, I, I leave this game thinking there is just a ton of opportunity uh, left uh, for this Packers team. Like the defense clutched up when they needed to, but I think we can get into the SWAT analysis and, and we'll get yep. into some of these. So, and that, that was my big strength. So Pat's strength in the SWAT was the defense gave us a shot at the end of the game. I don't know if you want to call it multiple shots. Goal. Really? I mean, field goal blocks, a defensive thing or a special teams thing, but whatever defense and special teams uh, gave us a shot at the end of the game, blocking that field goal, forcing that fumble. And honestly, you should have tied the game up in those two short fields, uh, and just couldn't put the ball in the end zone at the end of the game. Honestly, you could even like, it was like the Vikings were trying to let us win because we could have like, you you can't have the foresight to see this, but we could have took two field goals in those situations and we would have been in better shape coming. I mean, so that's right. So like we had three shots to score two touchdowns and three good shots to score three touchdowns, but that's all I have for strength. So I'll let you do, I'll let you do your strengths in the SWAT. So like I said, I thought Jordan Love played pretty well today. And I think our receivers let him down. So, uh, weakness would be like receivers, but Jordan Love, I thought made the reads he's supposed to make. I think there's a lot of fans that think his making of the read is too slow, right? Like it takes him too long to like get to his progressions, but I was not upset at all with the way they used Jordan Love today and the way he played. So um, moving on from that, uh, I would say the same thing about Dylan and Jones. I thought that we did probably just enough, right? To in touches for them. So they had 22 total, I believe. And then there was a drop by Jones. So they were supposed to get 23 minimum in that game. And Jones dropped that ball pretty early in the game, probably yeah. the first down on that, right? Yeah, I think so, it was like the first or second drive. I think it was the first drive. Yep. And that's like a good, that's a good pass. Like he he had to turn around, but he got both hands on it. Like I think it bounced off his helmet after it went through his hands. And he made a hell of a catch at one point in the game. Like yeah, where he's he a good wide receiver. Yeah, just, so like, it's, it's not a consistent issue with him, but right. And so they got 22 touches between Dylan and Jones, which I'm I'm pretty comfortable with. I really would like that to be right around 30, but 22 is a lot better than what we normally do. I feel like in general, we're usually sitting at like fucking you know, like 12 rushes and like four or five passes between the two of them. And it's just not enough. And uh, so we were at 13 rushes, 13 rush attempts between the two. And then uh, they both got uh, five passes thrown too. So I was pretty happy with that stuff. Yeah. My, my one quick one I'll throw on there. Devonta Campbell was back and I mean, he, he had 14 tackles out there and then quite Walker. So it, it, you could definitely tell like we were stronger against the run with, with Devontae Campbell. Cause if we go to the Vikings rushing stats, I think they had that one good drive where they run the ball fairly well, but yeah, we held them to 62 yards rushing um yeah and minnesota doesn't have the last of the great um right, yeah, however yeah. however like we've been really bad in the run game and so campbell being back is helpful for sure yeah all right we're going to jump into weaknesses here um and i know late in this game we did get to the quarterback a few times but early in this game we were not touching cousins hardly at all like not putting any pressure on him like no real like hurries it didn't feel like and i don't think we had a sack until like the play right before cousins got hurt and then we got one there and then we got another one boom boom right so gary got him once and then uh, I got, got him back to back, right? Yeah, Preston Smith had a sack. Kenny Clark had a sack. So I Preston Smith had that one too. No, maybe Preston maybe Preston got that one, right? Yeah. Okay. So no, Preston you're right. It looked one. like on the stats. Gary and Preston were both there. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then another weakness. I think no one is running the ship, so no one is holding any players or other coaches maybe accountable for all the fuck ups we have in inside a game. Um, so like the Owens thing, I don't think that that's a mess up. Like you played the way you're supposed to be, right? And Igbari, I want to know who's holding him accountable. Like. We can't expect him to hold himself accountable. He might, right? Like there's players that do. However, for the most part, we need coaches that are like screaming at dudes, like trying to make sure that this isn't happening again. And that's not the way our team operates. Um, we have no one in there doing the, or like holding people accountable and making sure right now, 
I just feel like we're a really poorly coached team, and that's a reflection of the penalties, especially the roughing the passers and the uh, offsides and like the not being disciplined part of it. You know, if you're if you're getting a penalty by being a player like Owens was um, on that Addison play, I don't care, right? But if you're getting a penalty because you're three steps late to the quarterback, like that's that's on coaching. Right? Yeah, so like it was a bad penalty for sure. I mean, the player does it, but the coaching has to be the ones that address it and like kind of rip him apart for doing it. Yeah, and there was enough stuff. And I'll I'll jump into my weakness that I just piggybacks straight off that one. So the penalties killed us in this game. We had 11 penalties for 99 yards. We had a legal man downfield. Like that feels like a coaching one. I mean, that's kind of like a broken play one. Two. That's, that's, on, that's on a normal pass play. There's no reason he should be running downfield at all on that play. So that was pretty early in the game, right? And so it's on a pass play that he gets downfield somehow. And I can't figure out why he would have been going downfield. Yeah, no, but just dumb, dumb penalties like that. Uh, we definitely had false starts. Um, so th- those ones like, to me are like directly on on your coaching staff, but I mean, obviously, yep. I guess directly on your coaching staff, but it, it is a player problem too. But they, they just gotta fix the penalty shit. Uh, next weakness I have is drop passes. Just fucking killing us. Uh, like we said, Musgrave dropped one, Wicks dropped one. I think Dobbs dropped one. Oh, well, Dobbs dropped the interception. Uh, so, so yeah, there's one on the sideline too, on the one where um, we ended up getting a penalty oh, for the 12 yeah. men on the field, right? So yeah. like he gets his feet in, but he doesn't actually make a catch. I don't know if that's actually considered a drop, right? Yeah. It's a penalty probably no one's dro- actual play and like, yeah, but that was a first down too. Yeah, and if he catches that, obviously you're declining the. The 12th yeah. man on the field type shit. I did love that thing. That that made me smile a little bit. Oh yeah, I thought like that. That's like uh, <laughs> the only team that I would have expected it more from is the Bears. Yeah, no, right? yeah, that like, that's just the way I felt. So it's like one of those challenges where the guys like diving for the pylon and they're like, he definitely scored a touchdown, so we're gonna challenge it. And then they challenge it, and it turns out it's a fumble, and it goes out of the back of the end zone, and it's like a touchback instead. Yeah, and it's a turnover, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, their their coach was just miffed at the fact that like that, that they would e- that they would even look at that. It's yep, like, yeah, yep. but but yeah, it was like a funny situation. It's like calling somebody out for like doing something not expecting to be looked at like for what you're doing i don't know there, so I, there's w- a I wonder like did he win or lose that challenge then though he won it. he was right so I like mean, but by tech so like when they announced the first one the packers won they won the challenge so they're not charged a timeout or whatever right so does yeah. he get credit for winning that or does he get credit for losing that because something happened in the play that it, it, it was essentially the same thing too right so like um it was probably seven or eight yards for the catch and five yards for the yeah, but we didn't get a first down off of it. That so he that's definitely yeah, he definitely because yeah, right. the catch would have would have been a first down. Uh, yep. But yeah, last weakness, third and fucking long, man. That is insane. How far yep. we play off the ball? Like it was a third and eight, and dude was playing twelve yards off the ball, and it was just a hook route. He never he never like came back in. I can't remember exactly who it was, but like it was just given to him. It was eight yard. There was no resistance. Yep. And this yeah, like all day, kind of, like it was anything underneath that they, they uh, teams. I mean, sort. I mean, teams want against the Packers if they want something underneath. They can have it, especially on third down. And it's ridiculous to me because we're we're playing at 10 yards when the first down is eight yards. Yeah, dude. Right? Like we, pretty consistently. We need to go out and hire Al Harris and Mike McKenzie to come back and show these show these corners how to box a little bit because that shit is insane to me. And it's, that, it's insanely frustrating to give up a third and eight or a third and nine or a third and 12 or a third and 14. And it's just happening all the time. I mean, even eight of those, I would imagine that the vast majority of their third downs were five and over yards. Yeah, no, dude, if, if it was, I would have rather seen like a third and one than a third and eight, like all yeah. game long. Because yeah, like we said, they were 10 for 18 on those and then one for one on fourth down. So we like to, we like to be advanced uh, analytics guys. So it's <laughs> kind of like 11 for 18 uh, for them on that one. But, but yeah, in insane. And then it flips the scale on the time possession. So this is another big one that I like to hammer. So the Vikings had a ball for 36 minutes and 22 seconds to the Packers, 23 seconds and 38. And that's all those third down conversions, just adding up to extend drives to, to yep. keep the Packers defense on the field, which they're going to give up 24 points in like, it wasn't even a bad 24 points that they gave up it, it, to me. It doesn't seem like, but I mean, so like in reality, so the way I would kind of look at that is those 17 or maybe 20, cause you missed a field goal, but like 17 of those are like real, like you actually gave those up. And then the one that's the interception where you're on the 20, right. That's a one play drive. 
I mean, I get that you yeah. gave up 20 yards on that play, but like they put you in a shitty situation and you just gave up a touchdown. It was probably like four plays or something like that. I can probably look, but like it probably wasn't a ton of plays and you're back out there after you just gave up like a long drive touchdown. And it, you can't tell me that doesn't affect the defense and like how they're thinking about the game. Oh, you just can't, you can't tell me and I'll buy it. Like I'll never like buy that piece of it. There, there's gotta be someone on the defense is like, this is so fucking stupid. Like what, what is the objective here? Like, are we uh, trying to says I think Douglas says it like consistently that he's like, I mean, what did he say today? He said something along the lines of, so this is paraphrasing when he said that, like uh, teams we play against just continue to run their offense because they know our offense isn't going to put them in a hole. Yeah. Right. Like he didn't say put them in a hole, but like our offense isn't going to score. So it doesn't matter if their offense scores. So they just continue to run their same system. We never can break them from like and put pressure on them to put them in a different system. Yeah. And I mean that we just brought it full circle, not knowing that we were doing it, but, but yeah, it turns out like third and eights keep us on the field. Our defense, but like our defense still seems good. Like that's their one big hole, but it, it got confusing to me in that uh, hole we went down. But yeah, it's no, no, like the third, down, third down, the third and longs like are ridiculous, right? Like that's yeah. inexcusable. And that's what makes our defense look fucking atrocious, but everything else, our defense. So in theory, if you're a really terrible team, you shouldn't be getting to third and long to begin with, right? Yeah. So it should be third and shorts all the time. If you're getting to third down, like if you look at a few of those, the few of the Vikings drives, right? Like there's like four third downs inside yeah. that drive. And like half of those, you know, two out of two or three of those are like third and seven. And they're just getting those ones. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's jump to opportunities here. Like, how can we have a better um like outcome moving forward? And I think, and this is like more of the mental game and doesn't really have anything to do with players. I think Matt LaFleur has to become the asshole. He has to become like the guy that everybody thinks uh Rogers is, right? The guy that holds everybody accountable on the offense, um, is screaming at offensive linemen because they missed a block or ripping apart a wide a young wide receiver because he ran the wrong route. I think that piece of it, Matt LaFleur was trying to be the good cop for a long time, which worked, right? So the first three years in Green Bay, that shit worked. Excellent. Um, Rogers holding everybody accountable and LaFleur coming in and be like, all right, you're all right. Like you got to do this and this and this, but like everything is good, but we need a bad cop. And that falls to the head coach. Um, I don't think that it was a problem Rogers was doing. I actually think that as long as you have a bad cop, it doesn't matter who that guy is, especially if he's respected on the team. Um, but we don't have him anymore. And I don't we, think Jordan we don't have a there. veteran to do it either. So it has we don't to have fall a, on the coach. And we don't have a veteran asshole, right? So like our big veteran on the offense is Bakhtiari, who's not with the team. Right. Or I mean, he's with the team, but like yeah, probably exactly. part time. And then like, he's going to have a hard time, like telling these guys, like, you got to do it like this because and screaming at him and like holding that respect when he's not on the field. Can't play yeah. The and field. lots of and then you have, I haven't even seen him play more than five games on the field. Right. And then you have Aaron Jones, who's like, by all accounts, one of the nicest humans on the planet and like just wants to have fun <laughs> all the time. He's not that dude either. Right. Like, so I think Rogers to some extent is like, that's his personality on top of the fact that, um, he's so super respected. We're missing a Leonardo on this team is what you're Yeah, talking. offensively, for sure, we don't have a Leonardo. I think maybe Campbell can be your Leonardo on defense, you know, or like even a Kenny Clark or a Preston Smith. Like, I think we have him on defense. We just do not have him on offense. Yeah. All right, my opportunities, I mean, pretty obvious stuff. Clean up the penalties. This game's going to be a lot closer. Um, yep. And then to me, though, like this team really does. And I think this is what I was saying at the beginning of the episode. People are going to think I'm crazy and maybe wasn't watching the same game as them. But I, I really do feel like this team can feels like they can pull something together. If, if just like two things click, I think... I think this team is going to have the pieces. And I was going to add that question to the end is, do you think all the guys are here to win Mike? Or do you think, do you think we're pieces away from this? No, I think, I don't think we're any pieces away. Maybe a second run back, which is like really minimal. Um, right. So they have a secondary run back that is good. Um, maybe. Uh, I, I think that all of our wide receivers are going to end up being like plus wide receivers. In the league. I think we're going to turn back into like the 2010 package where you have a, like every time a wide receiver has a bad game, you got two other guys that like step up and play really well. Um, the talent feels like it's in the room. Um, I think that they are there that we're not veteran enough to get there yet though. Right. Yeah. And if you don't have, and so like back to my point about LaFleur, if you don't have the leadership both in the locker room and like from the coaching staff, 
you might not ever get there, right? These guys might all like waffle into non-existence because they have no good coaching. And then if like your brain gets broke because you're on this shitty team, then you turn into a shitty team. And yeah. so like the, the psychology part of it, I think is huge. I don't think people, I mean, so I'm probably not unique in thinking like this is the most important part of the game, but I think they're all athletes. I think they're all really like everybody who makes it to the NFL, like they're all freaks, right? If you can get the person with the right mindset, then things change. And yeah. No, I think you're hundred percent right. I've heard backup quarterbacks like Dan Orlowski was on a show that I was listening to recently. And he was like, the difference between like your backup guy and your starter is just like one mental thing, like being able to do yeah. something a millisecond faster consistently. Like yep. that's, that's the difference in that. But yeah. And just having that will to win a little bit differently or whatever, like the right. psychology behind, Hey, I'm shitty compared to these guys to like, Hey, I can compete with these guys. I am these guys. So, yeah. Um, so like I just, uh, you you said like a few things break their, break our way and like we could kind of go on a little bit of a run. Um, so I think if I'm looking at a few plays here, so early in the game, you get like the Musgrave catch or the Jones catch yep. and you turn those into first downs early and you get some success. Like, I think that changes the game. I think if, uh, Reed, either knocks that ball down or catches that ball, it's a different game too, right? So if you catch that ball over that guy's back or whatever, falling into him, you get a first down there on a drive that we were like kind of moving the ball a little bit. That changes the game too. You don't throw that pick, right? So like it's a ball bounce because Reed's hands are on that ball. And the guy just kind of like, as Reed's coming down, like rakes it away from him and pulls the interception. But like, if, I don't know, I feel like that would never happen to Devontae Adams. Like no. He'd have it in his hands and the like, defender ended up with the ball. Never. Like that's something like, no chance that would happen to the, to a Devonta Adams. Maybe in his in. first two years, but yeah, that's, maybe. That's, and so, like, I think that's the development piece that we need, um, and that could happen inside the year. I was hoping it would happen. I think there was a game early. It might have been the Lions where I was like, they need to understand how to catch the ball, right? Like that it's not going to be just just like nobody's going to touch me. I'm going to catch it and then I'm going to fall down, right? Like that's not the way the NFL works. Somebody's going to come in pretty hot and they're going to try to get you. And so, I do think that we have the pieces. Um, I've heard people say like, let's get the first round pick and then let's move on a bunch of people. I don't know who you're moving out, like. I guess maybe if you want to like dig into the offensive line and get a little bit better there, but if you're drafting a guard or a center in the first couple rounds, I'm going to be like, what in the, or in the first round, I'm going to be asking what the hell you're doing, especially if you're in the top 10 picks, if you choose to take like a guard or a center. I'm going to be like, that's not where you pick those guys. Those guys are, I mean, there's some really, really great ones, but not very often. Yeah. If we can get like a canvas tackle or something yep, to, to, right. bat, to be the next Bakhtiari or what, I mean, so if you're in the top three picks, like in Marvin Harrison's like hanging out, like, Oh fuck yeah. Like, you, like I would love that. Right. But like, I also think the wide receiver room is good. I think it's going to be just fine. Yeah, I really do. I, I do think that Marvin Harrison is a can't miss guy, but I think oh, yeah. also that our wide receiver room is not bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. So I'll move on to threats here. You kind of handle it. You go, because mine's, mine's dumb. I couldn't think of like a good. Right. Um, I think for me, like as a fan, my biggest threat is like that they give me so much hope all the fucking time, right? So like even in this game, all right, we're down 14. Um, We get the ball back somehow. And I'm like, all right, all you got to do is if you score here, then you just need another stop, one stop. Like what's the big deal there? Score, stop, score. And it's tied up. And so like, they, they like mess with my brain all the time. Right. And maybe I'm a dumb person because I just like, am so optimistic when it comes to the Packers. But I think that was what you were trying to get in our notes here too. Yeah. And then, um, I think the biggest threat to this team is that, um, no change in philosophy. Nobody becomes a bad cop. We never get our Leonardo. Right. And guys just stay where they're at the whole season. If they stay where they're at the whole season, we are fucked. If guys are comfortable dropping passes, if they're looking for pass interference, instead of going to get a ball, we are not going to be a good team, right? If we're miss whiffing on a block and then it's just like, oh, you know, like, oh, well, I guess we'll punt, right? If that's the way it stays, we are, we're not going to be good. And we're probably going to, like, you can lose to bad, bad teams, teams like the Bears. Like, you could end up losing those games too. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, just, other teams develop, right? They develop through the season. We need to do the same thing. And to tap into the philosophy thing is if someone doesn't go out to Joe Barry this week, I mean, it's not going to happen because, I mean, we've been saying it forever. And it's just like, you need to try something different on third and long, dude. Like, you need to try something different. Like, this. Like, like, just like show him every game like this. But then he's, he's going to say, I stopped 10 of those, right? Yeah. He's eight, they're eight for 18. The defense got 10 stops. 
Yeah. But like, holy shit, they weren't stops in the right places. Maybe you got to stop on the like <laughs> inside the 10, right? Like yeah. that's not good. Like you can't let them get all the way down there and then get your stops. Yeah. But let, let's get moving. Go pack go. We're still on board. Still probably going to win. What can we win now? 12 games? We got 12 games and it's easy. 10 yep. game run here on out. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. All right, let's move on over to the Badger game. So this one in Madison, the Badgers lose this game 24 to 10. Uh, we're going to try to be a little bit quicker on the Badgers because we always are. And I think I think it doesn't hurt that we just don't even remember uh, Badgers defensive players' name. So uh, yeah. we do not consider ourselves experts with the Packers. We definitely do not uh, consider ourselves experts with the Badgers. But I did get the lock into this game. And another game that I walked away with where I was like, and we kind of played with Ohio State. Like this is this is what I wanted to see in this game is a bad team that looked like they can compete with them until Braylon Allen went down, and then it was like, eh, how, how are we going to do this? But we got a young quarterback getting a lot of snaps in a big time game that didn't look half bad. Like honestly, he looked better than I've ever felt about Graham Mertz aside from watching Graham Mertz play Illinois in his first game in the COVID year, like or watching Graham Mertz play at Florida. Right? Yeah, I mean, Florida. he's been all right at Florida, but it's nothing special. I, I guess Florida is five and two. Did they beat Georgia this weekend? Man, my college football. Uh, I'm not positive. I couldn't like. Yeah, sure. uh, they did not. They got yeah. kind of stopped by Georgia. So 40 okay. 20. They, they started out hot. I know they were winning yeah. there for a second, but but yeah, Badgers come out strong, uh, force uh, Ohio State to a turnover on downs. Uh, but then sure shit, we fumble right off the bat. Allen was not having the best game at holding on to the ball in this one. Um, well, two pretty Allen, early, right? Two fumbles pretty early. Yeah, they recovered. Think, we recovered one. But, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I want to see this like the actual stats because I feel like he fumbled three in the game. Um, okay. I definitely drink a little bit more when I watch the Badgers on Saturday than I do uh, the Packers on, on Sunday as well. But yeah, he had two or three, I think only one loss fumble, so probably only two. Uh, but he fumbles it, uh, giving Ohio State a short field, shorter field. Uh, they got the ball at the 50-yard line, and then we hold them to a field goal. So, I mean, that's pretty big when they got the weapons they got on the outside. Like we were saying, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, looks like the first pick in the draft to me, uh, whether a team needs a, a wide receiver or not. Uh, but yeah, the Badgers come out, punt, force Ohio State to punt. Uh, Shimmer and DK, I want to say, took that punt back quite a ways. Or I'm crazy. Because we have a oh, four-play yeah. drive. We had a four-play drive for no yards that ended with a missed 54-yard field goal. Um, then we get an interception. So we're we're you know coming up with opportunities against this team. Uh, end up three and out. We had to punt it. Uh and then Ohio State gets a touchdown. I can't really. So this was the Marvin Harrison Jr. drive uh where he catches a 16-yard touchdown. I think it was one of the more incredible catches of the game at least uh where it was in like a back corner or not back corner of the end zone but like side of the end zone um we get the ball back punt get another pick uh we do end up turning that one into a field goal uh shit dude my thing is messed up because now it's in 10 10 oh yeah we get a field goal to end the half so we go in the half three to ten and then we come out and look real good i can't remember so drive it down pauling pauling catches that uh touchdown in the kind of the corner of the end zone there yeah, but Braylon Allen was out at this point, right? So we did this drive without him because Jackson Hacker was the guy getting the carries yep. in that drive. So, I mean, we tied up, tied up without Braylon Allen. And another consistent theme, I think this is Packers. This is just Wisconsin football right now. As we finally get a touchdown, crack through, we're like, hey, guys, we're looking good. Well, then we go out and just give up another touchdown. Uh, this was another TD to Marvin Harrison. Um, so we're down. But Henderson seven. did most of the work. It was predominantly Henderson, um, their running back. Okay. Just kind of lighting us up, so. He had a 25-yard run, a seven-yard run, two-yard run. Like, so he was kind of just walking it down us. Yeah, soften him up. Uh, we'll get quick here. Then it turns into three and out Wisconsin. Uh, they hold Ohio State to a punt. We have 10-play drive. That ends in punt. Ohio State punts. We punt it back. So, I mean, I think if you have Braylon Allen, you get some more sustained drives in there. Maybe get a touchdown tied up, 17-17. Uh, but then this was the Tra Travion Henderson 33-yard run for a touchdown. Uh, our punt, I can't remember what it was, but it must not have been the greatest of punts. Uh, because yeah, it was only a 45 yard drive. So they got it on our side. So 
I don't really remember the punt return, but anyways, then they're up 24-10 with two, how much time is left in the game? Like five minutes left in the game. And yeah, without Brandon yeah, Allen, yep. that one was over there. Um, but like well, I said, it's funny. So that, that next one, that next drive we have is 10 plays for 25 yards. I don't even know how you do that. Yeah. I don't, I like, I, like, so I was, I was going at this point. I was had to do some stuff with the kids. Um, and so like, I'm not even sure how you have a 10 yard uh, drive or a 25 yard drive that has 10 plays. In it. Yeah. I doesn't make sense, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, my memory's kind of failing me as well. I mean, there had to be some kind of yeah, yeah. things, things of that nature. But yeah, I also leave this game. I, I mean, if we're going to just break into a quick, we didn't write our, our SWAT down for this one, but <clears throat> strengths, this team was so fighting that that was good to see. Uh, you can go out, you know, you're five and two. Uh, you haven't played anybody very well this year. You lose right. every competitive game you're in. Um, and they come out who was ahead for a while, but yeah. made a comeback, which could have been the changing point, right? So like that can be our changing point here is the, the Illinois game. Yeah. And you come out, you force turnovers against Ohio State and you make, make this kind of a game. I mean, I wouldn't say this isn't a game like the final score doesn't reflect like what happened on the field. It did. I mean, that's how it was. But Braylon Allen doesn't go down. And I guess that would be what do we do? We do strengths, weaknesses. Um, but it would be like an opportunity. He stays healthy that game. I think I think we keep it within a touchdown, which or I know even if you can game plan for not having him, right? So losing him in the middle of the game hurts too, because you should have a game plan that revolves around Braylon Allen right now. And losing him in the middle of the game doesn't allow you to have the same type of game plan at the very least. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Cause yeah, you were like, Hey, we're going to give him the ball, you know, at least 20 times. Cause I mean, he went down in the first half and he already had 10 carries for 50 yards and he was looking fairly effective. Like when he got the ball as well, And to be fair, that's the way you control the ball. Right. So like the way Ohio state scores is they come out and they like, they dominate you offensively generally, right. Their defense is good enough, but offensively they put you behind the eight ball and then you're, you're going to struggle. And so if you can control the ball and keep the ball out of the hands of their offense, which is generally very potent, like Pat said, they might have the first overall pick in a wide receiver on that team, like a guy that just nobody can figure out how to cover in college football. And so, but I do think that we've had an adjustment and I don't know if it's because it's Ohio state that we have an adjustment, like, Hey, like we have dudes that can line up and run the ball down their throat. And we kind of are now, uh, JJ Watt made a pretty good, uh, like tweet. And he's like, at no point ever in the history of the world should, um, when it's a third and one or fourth and one or something like that, or on the goal line, I don't remember the exact scenario Yeah, I've seen that, you, that Wisconsin should line up in the shotgun. That should never happen. Right? Like you have all the big dudes that in the world that you want to bring in, you have guys that were recruited to be road graders. Like they were recruited to run block, bring them in, let them do their thing. Yeah. And it, it seems ridiculous to me. I think like I was saying, even with the Packers, like that pendulum swing a little too far. I don't yeah. think you should never be in shotgun in those situations, but I do not. It should, be should be. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think it's a hundred percent thing. Like if you want to try a play out where you, you know, run five wide receivers on the one yard line to see if you can, you know, either open up the middle for a QB draw or, uh, right. or just find someone hit them on like a quick slant, some cheap or, just catch catch the defense off guard but you're not catching defenses off guard just when you're doing it every freaking time that you're on the one yard line because that use that's like why it came into play because it was like oh there's a wrinkle that we can have here we can do yeah. like a read option or like an rpo off of this and now defense are just prepared for that so get back to the point where it's like hey let's do uh mike's brandon staley thing and say my guys are better than your guys and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna prove it to you so but you're in college quick. football that's real like, yeah my guys is. are better than your guys in college football is a real thing right so if and Wisconsin's probably not this currently and hasn't been in the last four or five years. But before that, if you said, all right, I'm just going to put seven of my offensive linemen into the game and I'm going to run it down. I'm going to put one at fullback and then I'm going to put one at tight end. And Wisconsin, my seven, uh, probably pro bowl or offensive linemen when they get to the NFL are coming in and we're going to just run it down your throat. We probably could have with any team in the country. Oh yeah. Right. Could yeah. you do it the entire game? Maybe not. But for one play for one yard, if you told me like, like, I feel like I could run behind the Wisconsin line for one play for one yard. if like the whole world was on it. Right. Like, because they would do the job. Like, yeah, just grab the ball, close your eyes and run forward as fast as you can. <laughs> but yeah, just try not to run into any offensive <laughs> line. Right? Like that's the goal yeah. with the Wisconsin team. So 
but, but yeah. So I, I did think another strength was that um, it's it's just lock, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I didn't know if it was lock or locky or something, but I was pretty sure it was lock. I'm going with lock. Yeah. And so I think that he looks good. He looks like a, a guy for the future. If Morde- I don't know where Mordecai's injury stance is. Like, what if he could come back? I don't know that it matters anymore, though. Right. So yeah. This guy looks like he can control the offense. He can deal with the offense. Um, I don't. So I'm happy with that guy being the guy moving forward. He probably only has one year left if he's really, really good, though. Right. So if he turns a corner, he'll have three years out. So this is his second year out of high school. And so that because he's a redshirt. So he could is leave he? after next year. Okay. He's a redshirt freshman. So in theory, he could leave after next year. Season. He can't leave this year. Yeah. yeah he could portal out, but. That's where I think that NIL stuff's coming into play to to be helpful because I mean you're a Wisconsin quarterback like sure if he freaking turns into some just crazy stud he's gonna be gone but I mean you're gonna stay all four years at Wisconsin more than likely if most of the time if you're a quarterback there and then plus if you are good you're gonna get money at Wisconsin like if you're you're bringing Wisconsin to Big Ten championships and stuff like that and there's some Wisconsin yeah there'll be a corporation it might not be millions of dollars but you're gonna be making good money to be hanging out as a student that was at the university right so uh, yeah so. I mean, I guess more injuries is threatening to the team. Um, I guess moving back to like only being able to do air raid now that um, Allen is out, like I think that would be problematic for the Badgers moving forward, be a threat to like the success for this season. It might not be a threat long term, but it is a threat currently. And then, but, um, but I would say an opportunity though is that we're going to have to do it a little bit quicker. Like we're going to actually have to do that. Like hopefully, yeah. uh, Acres is a good running back and he's suitable. Um, I I don't know how to feel about him. I mean, he had nine carries, three point eight yards a carry. Um, I think he's going to be good, but I also think every Wisconsin running back turns out to so be pretty damn good. To some, to some extent, the system, right? Like you're already, you're a good player. You're not me trying to run back there. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that would be decent. Yeah, it would be. Like, I'm not <laughs> arguing that it wouldn't be dog shit. I'm just saying that like the offensive line is going to be at least traditionally, it's going to be enough of a power that like you should be decent no matter who you are. Yeah, like you shouldn't be able to fail as a Wisconsin running back. You might not be like a first overall pick or like a first round pick, but you should be able to fail. And I think NFL teams realize that to some extent. Like even John Taylor, like didn't get drafted in the first round, probably because he goes to Wisconsin and not because he's not talented enough to be a first rounder. I thought he did get drafted in the first round. I'm pretty sure he was a second rounder. I think he was actually taken after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and maybe one other guy. That's okay. Draft. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like he wasn't drafted. Like he's not drafted in the top ten. He wasn't Robinson or Gibbs from this last year, right? Yeah. And this is an opportunity that I'll have to dig into more. I'm not going to do it on the fly right here. But the Big Ten West, um, Minnesota is currently sitting at the top of it at three and two because they beat Iowa. Iowa is also three and two. Wisconsin is three and two. Nebraska is three and two. So the Big Ten West is wide wide. So, and if I, but if Iowa wins out, we can't get it back. I don't know exactly how that is going to work because so say it's a three way tie with, oh no. Yeah, no, that, that's true. Never mind. If, I, if Iowa wins out, I don't think we can get there. So yeah, we, we need one more loss out of Iowa. Um, yeah. But Minnesota, we obviously play Minnesota, so that could handle itself. But I think, yeah, it just in the opportunity, like you just have nothing to hold that. Um, I felt like Phil Longo called a pretty good game in this one. I thought he like knew like sign language, like just with like the way he was like calling in all these signs. If, if those Wisconsin coaches or college football coaches know all those signs, but they do not know sign language, I think there's something followed about that. I think that, that should be a requirement. Were you seeing that? For some reason, I no. could not stop seeing like the... If you watch yeah, on so YouTube, like, you'll um, see what I'm talking about. People have always been okay with signs, right? Wait, so that just yeah. makes sense. Like they've always given the sign from third base to the hitter instead of just like talking to them. And so, and I was the guy that just fucking hated. So I was a catcher, and so I fucking hated signs. <laughs> and um, I came from an attitude like uh, the coach that I had had the exact same sign for like 40 years, right? When I so when I was at Royal, like he had been coaching forever, and he had the exact same sign, right? Right. So like shoulder was take, elbow was bunt, wrist was steal. Like then that was all the fucking things we ever did, right? And so. <laughs> 
like and everybody in the conference knew exactly what the sign was he didn't give a fuck he's like he was uh stating to some extent like my guys are going to execute what's supposed to happen and we're going to win the game right like it doesn't matter um and so like when i went to brooklyn they'd get so mad at me because i wouldn't even fucking hide what the sign was i didn't care like we'll just do whatever we're supposed to do and i wouldn't like do all the like jazz yeah, like it's a fastball high, high and tight buddy get ready no not like that so like if i'm calling the defense right so if I'm calling the defense guys out in person third, that's usually when we call the defense in our conference. And so I'd like walk out and I'd do some stupid ass fucking sign, but I would just, <laughs> I'd basically just hold up a number. I didn't care. Uh, I'm going to throw it back to the pitcher really hard. So it makes it look like, yeah, I'll, I'll just, just accept it. <laughs> right. I'm going to throw it back to the, yep. And so yeah. you at third, if you want to go, like go for it and we'll, we'll get you. But no. All right. Well, I think that is all we got. I think we'll try to break down the batters a little bit more. We're going to do some talking off air, but I think I might have some positive news coming up. But as always, thank you for the support. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, like, share, subscribe, download. We've been getting a decent amount of views for us on our YouTube stuff. So we appreciate that. But Mike, what do you got for these guys? Yeah, uh, we appreciate it quite a bit. I mean, thank you guys for listening. Like, even if you're making it this far, just give us a subscribe. Like, it makes us feel good on the inside, right? It's the giving season coming up here in a few days. So uh, if you're doubting the Bucks, the Badgers, the Brewers, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shows. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shows. Beat em. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shows. Eat my shows. Eat my shows. Eat my shows.